Hey everyone, and welcome back to Fast Charge. I'm your host, Dom. I'm joined this week by my bearded bestie, Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hello. Uh, <laughs> and I have Mr. Red, White, and Blue himself, Adam Patrick Murray, all the way from California. Yeah, sunny California. Actually, it's kind of gloomy today, but uh, glad to be here. You know, it's early in the morning, but I get up just for Fast Charge. <laughs> It's actually pretty nice in London right now. It's uh, a pretty sunny afternoon. Maybe we beat you on the weather today. That'd be something. Uh, right, so we actually have a really busy slate today because we've had four phone announcements this week. So we are going to kick off with what I think is the big one, and most of you will probably agree, the OnePlus Nord, which I have right here. Uh, following that, we are basically going to turn to the Lenovo Legion Phone Duel, I think is the full name and the Asus ROG Phone 3, two gaming phones that have both launched today with the new Snapdragon 865 Plus processor in tow. Right, so first up, the Nord, which I know we've actually spoken about a few times on the podcast in the past, but it's now here. It uh, is official. There was an AR launch event on Tuesday this week, which was um, pretty painful to suffer through, I'll admit. Phones shouldn't be launched in AR. I hope we've all learned that lesson and we'll, we'll move past it and just go back to video. I guess you video gotta try something, right? Yeah, I mean, credit to them for trying it, but man, that was a real pain. Um, but yeah, we have the Nord. The Nord is official. I have one right here. Our unboxing video is live on the channel, so you can go watch that right now. Um, Which is a great I'll, video, I'll, by the way. It's Everyone should go watch it. You. It's a good one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be up front and say my hands are a little bit tied because I am not allowed to review this phone until next week. So I have it here. I can talk about my impressions of the phone and Adam and Chris can say absolutely anything they want about it, but I'm not allowed to really like give you a final, final opinion on it. Uh, but I have been using it for a week so I can I'll skirt around the embargo as much as I can and, and say as much as I'm allowed to say. So but, the first yeah, question this... I have real quick is, uh... Does this feel like an old flagship OnePlus, like the OnePlus 7? Like, does this feel like they took an old phone and then just made that the mid-range? Um, yes and no. I think it doesn't feel old in the sense that it feels dated. You know, you don't pick it up and feel like, oh, this is a phone from a couple years ago in the way that, say, the iPhone SE feels old. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever you think of the SE, you pick it up and you're like, oh, cool, this is like phones were three... This is what a flagship was three years ago. Now it's a mid-range. This feels modern. Um, equally, obviously, there are bits of the design language that date back to older OnePlus devices. I think some of the giveaways are things like the screen is flat rather than curved. Uh, funny enough, they've actually kind of... The industry has trended back that way anyway. So what could have felt like a move to go cheaper and use older tech actually bits of the industry like Samsung have started to move back towards flatter screens anyway. So what might have felt like the big design concession to budget actually in a way feels just as forward thinking as doing a curved screen. I mean, personally, um, I've always liked flat screens. So yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. I, I, it, I would, I go back and forth about whether I like curved or not. I hate the like super curved waterfall displays. Those ones that almost wrap all the way around a borderline unusable and I don't get it. Uh, a little bit of curvature is fine by me, but equally a flat display, I'm personally never going to complain about that. Um, OnePlus try and sort of sell it as the flat display makes it feel better because it's a slightly smaller phone. Uh, that is definitely just like the line they're using. This is 100% one of, a budget consideration. And I'm guessing for, from a pure manufacturing perspective, this is the big budget concession was to not do the wraparound display. 
because that probably saved them a chunk of change in building this thing without really being a feature I think a lot of people are going to care about. Because otherwise, in terms of build quality, it's still Gorilla Class 5 on the back. It's still an AMOLED display. The actual screen quality is about the same other than the curvature. It still feels like a OnePlus phone. I don't think... I'd be really surprised if anyone picked the Nord up and said, oh, this feels cheap. I, I, I can't see what about it would give you that impression. But it's blue instead of OnePlus red. <laughs> Except for the charging cable. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, the, the cable is still red, which which kind of threw me. But yeah, it's this, it's this blue. It's called Nord Blue. It's slightly different to the blues they've seen on the last few phones. They keep changing blue every phone. They've sort of weirdly made blue the main color of most of their launches, but it's been in varying shades on the sort of bluey-greeny spectrum, right? The, the 7 Pro, I think, was my favorite shade, but the 7T Pro was then a little darker, and then the 8 Pro went more green. Uh, this is a sort of turquoise, I would call it. It's, it's sort of halfway between blue and green, to my eye. But it's very pretty. It also comes in grey. The grey is, you know, it's grey. It's fine. <laughs> so what are you actually missing out on, apart from the curved screen, what are you missing out on compared to the 8 and, well, probably mostly the 8, but also the Pro, I suppose? Compared to the 8, not a lot. Uh, the big change is the processor. It's the Snapdragon 765G rather than the 865. Uh, it's still 5G. It's just not quite as fast. I honestly think very few people will notice the difference. You're getting the same RAM and storage with it. The two SKUs are 8 gig and 128 gig or uh, 12 gig and 256 gig, which is the exact same options they give you on the 8 and the 8 Pro. So you're not getting any difference there, though it's DDR4 RAM, not DDR5. But Fundamentally, you're not going to see a big performance difference from that. It's the chipset that'll make a difference. The average user will 100% not be able to tell. Um, if you are doing a lot of gaming, if you're sort of pushing your phone hard on gaming, and obviously we're going to turn to gaming phones later today, maybe that kind of user will be able to tell. I think 90% of people, this will feel incredibly fast. It's very fluid. It's very smooth. There's no lag. There's no difference in normal day-to-day -day usage between the 765 and the 865. Which is why we've seen so many people put out 765 phones this year. Um, even for things that are kind of positioned as flagships, the LG Velvet, the Motorola Edge, those use the same chipset as this, but cost quite a lot more than it. I was about to say the exact same thing. Like, I found the Velvet really nice, but it's just in that sort of no man's land of, like, cheap flagship. But yep. when, when the mid-range is as good as phones like the Nord, it's like, mm, why why would i get the velvet instead exactly so yeah this uses a slightly slower processor and then the screen is a little bit smaller than the oneplus 8 it's 6.44 inches i think the 8 is 6.5 6.6 so it's I a tiny really bit smaller it would be sub six yeah i would have liked it to be a little bit smaller than it is but i think 6.44 is still it's a pretty manageable size it definitely feels noticeably smaller than the 8 pro which is what i've been using most of this year since it came out um bear in mind as well because it's flat that measurement warps it a bit so it's actually probably closer in size to the 8 screen than the measurement indicates and the only other difference i think from the 8 is that you are you have a lower megapixel count on the wide angle it's 8 megapixels rather than 16 but then you get a wide angle selfie camera that you don't have on the 8 so I struggle to see from that why anyone would now buy an 8. Mm. This is two-thirds of the price. 
It's a slightly slower processor, a slightly worse wide-angle camera, and a slightly smaller screen. Like, to save £200? That sounds great. And it features the same uh, warp charge, the, the updated warp charge, right? Yeah, it's got the same warp charge 30T, so 30 watt charging. No wireless charging, but again, the 8 doesn't have wireless charging. So once you compare to the 8 Pro, the gap is you know much bigger. Uh, that's where you're getting the wireless charging, you're getting the waterproofing, you're getting the telephoto lens, uh, you're getting the much bigger display, things like that. But that phone is twice the price of this one. Um, Interesting. Uh, whereas, yeah, this compared to the 8, very similar. Did either of you uh, get a chance to, to see the uh, MKBHD uh, interview with the CEO of OnePlus? I, I, his name is escaping me. Uh, Pei. Yes, yes. Did either uh, of you watch that? I watched bits of it. I didn't. I didn't sit down and, and watch or listen to the whole thing. But I, I sort of dropped in and out some bits of it. Yeah, it was interesting when they were talking about like the the pricing breakdown uh, of the mm. components. Obviously, you know the screen, but then there were specific things like the warp charge, where because it's such a branding thing, they wanted to keep that in there uh, despite the cost. So, yeah, I mean, I I think they made smart decisions in this. I mean, this feels like where OnePlus has always done a great job of playing in. Uh, mm. You know, and like having those those priorities, uh, especially for for somebody who loves the OnePlus phones, going back to, I mean, yeah, a while. Like I've I've always loved <laughs> OnePlus phones. That like that's always my go to. If somebody says, "Hey, which which phone do you recommend?" For me personally, it's always just been OnePlus phones. Like I think it's the best bang for the buck, and having this option in there is just makes it even more diverse. So I like it. Yeah, definitely. They're often my, my default recommendation as well. Um, they're very hard to fault. And I think you're right what you're saying about how they picked and chosen what goes into this phone. Um, I think more than ever, mid-range devices are about... It's not like there are features you can only get in flagships anymore. If you want wireless charging, you can get a cheap phone with wireless charging. You can get a cheap phone with a telephoto lens. You can get a cheap phone with waterproofing. All of that kind of stuff that we used to think as flagship exclusives. That's all made its way down to the mid-range. What you get when you buy a mid-range phone is you get to pick and choose which of those features you care about. If you want to drop $1,000 on a phone, you can get something with every feature under the sun in it. But at this kind of, you know, four, $500 price range, this is when you start to be able to pick. I want fast charging, but I don't care about wireless charging. I want a high megapixel main camera. I don't care about the telephoto and things like that. Uh, so yeah, in terms of price, I don't think we said it explicitly so far. So in the UK, it's 369 for the standard Nord, and it goes up to £469 if you want the 12 gig of RAM 256 storage, which is more competitive pricing than I expected. Uh, Adam, it's not actually coming to the US, right? Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. My colleague over on PC World, Mike Simon, uh, wrote a little post about how it really sounds like it's not coming to the U.S., and, and that's a bummer. I mean, for, for somebody like me, I'm fine importing phones or, you know, trying out phones that don't come to the U.S. Uh, officially. But this one, mm. ah, this has got to hurt, and I'm not quite sure why. they've. I, I haven't seen anywhere where, why they've said they've, they've held this back from U.S. launch. I mean, maybe this could be some sort of, they didn't get a negotiating deal with T-Mobile this time. I, you know, who knows? I, either way, I think... Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I think it would do good if it did come to the U.S. So hopefully, maybe, maybe it's just a fulfillment thing. Maybe they, they need yeah. to keep their fulfillment, you know, for, for different markets and then expand into it later. I'm not sure. 
That was my best guess as well, that maybe everything going on right now has limited their production or supply chain capacity, and so they're picking the markets they're most worried about, which is India and Europe, which makes sense that they would focus there. And maybe, I'm hoping it will come to the US for your sake, and, and like you said, I, I think it will do well. I, In a way, it feels an especially old one to not come to the US, because the US doesn't have a competitive mid-range phone market in the same way that Europe does. You don't have anywhere near as much. Obviously, there's the iPhone SE. There will maybe be the Pixel 4a if and when it ever materializes. But there's not that much else around that price point. So the Nord feels like a very competitive phone in the UK and Europe. I feel like it would be an absolute hands down the best phone you could spend your money on if it launched in the US. This Uh, is the thing. I'm looking at our mid-range chart and I can't see how it's not going to go top. And and that's in the UK where we have a very competitive mid-range market. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think you're probably right about the supply, and and hopefully maybe later in the year or something they can they can bring it out. Funnily enough, in the UK, all of the the biggest competition I can think of against the Nord is coming from within Oppo itself, which is its sort of uh, original parent company. So Oppo's been very aggressive in its pricing of the Find X2 Neo and the Find X2 Lite. And then its Realme sub-brand has been absurdly aggressive in the way it's pricing its phones in the UK. Uh, I'm not sure if we talked about it last week, but the X50 Pro, so not the X50 Pro, the X55 G is £299 and you're getting a 120Hz display for £300, which is wild. And in a way, that's where the Nord is suddenly, you're stacking them all up against that and the Nord almost feels like bad value, which is um, very impressive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for 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 the American market, it's a very different state, and I think it will be a slam dunk there. I've also heard actually that the Indian pricing is very very aggressive from OnePlus's part here. That if you actually do the exchange rates, it clocks in at sort of one two hundred dollars cheaper in India than it is in Europe, um, which makes it very very cheap in India. So it does feel like I think OnePlus has a lot of brand clout in India. And I feel like maybe this, and maybe again, this is part of the fulfillment question, why they didn't push for the US. Maybe this is the big push in India for them. And the Nord is an effort to go really, really cheap and get a really commanding place in the Indian market with this phone. But yeah, we will see. I am testing it out right now. I may be back to talk about it uh, on another episode of the show once I'm actually allowed to give my proper final thoughts and, and share camera samples and stuff like that because I'm not allowed to show you guys any of the photos I've been taking with it and stuff like that. But yeah, so far, I think I'm allowed to say I like it and I'm I'm looking forward to testing it more over the next few days and my review will be up on the site next Monday. So keep an eye out for that. Looking forward to it. Today was today as we were recording, we saw three phone launches in very quick succession, which is why today's episode is so full. So in order today launched the Lenovo Legion Phone Dual, which is also known as the Lenovo Legion Phone Pro, uh, the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5G, and then the Asus ROG Phone 3. Uh, and what's interesting about all those three phones is that they come with the Snapdragon 865 Plus processor, or chipset, I should say. Um, we're going to focus on the two gaming phones out of that, the Lenovo Legion and the Asus ROG Phone 3, because there's not that much to say about the Galaxy Z Flip. I'll just sort of address it quickly, but this is the same Z Flip that came out a few months ago. It's just had an upgraded chipset. It's gone from the 855 Plus to the 865 Plus. That brings with it 5G support. It also means it'll just be a little bit faster in performance generally. 
other than that is the same phone. The battery is the same. The cameras are the same. The software is the same. It's all unchanged except for the chipset and a couple new colorways. So I really like that phone. I think I talk, spoke about it on the show. I was a big fan of the Z Flip. The Z Flip 5G is more of the same. Now, though, the real meat today, which is the Legion and the ROG Phone 3, um, which are two absurd gaming phones that go in slightly different directions in their absurdity. Um, but I've got a lot of love for them. Adam, you've actually, I think, got one of them with you right now. Is that right? The uh, the ROG Phone 3 uh, with the with a lightning case on the back. Uh, it's got a cool light-up pattern. Uh, and then, yeah, so here's it without it. Um, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's an ROG phone. But uh, the, the question I, I want to ask first is, like, what is a gaming phone now? And also, do we need gaming phones? Like, I I gotta say, years ago, you know, years ago, you're back in my day, when the the gaming phones first launched, uh, I actually preferred the <laughs> razor or the razor phone versus the uh, the ROG phone. Mm. Um, but I mean, it, it came. One of the biggest features that I was excited about was the high refresh rate screen, right? That yep. that was what it was like. Ooh, this is this is gamer. This is very gamer. You know, like you want a high refresh rate screen for your for your gaming, and that's come to you know even mid-range phones like the the one plus nord has a, a 90 hertz refresh rate screen yeah. right so you know then the original rog phone had a 90 hertz because it was amoled but the uh razor phone because it was still lcd had 120 uh mm-hmm. so for me that was like the biggest thing that that was like ooh, this sets it apart from most other phones but that's kind of not really that anymore uh i know the the rog phone more so than the Razer phone, really prioritized like, you know, these are these are binned chipsets. We've got the 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 best performing ones. Uh, I just imagine somebody on the 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 uh, the assembly line just being like, oh, that one looks really good. I want that one. Uh, you know, what? let's pass on that one. That the clock speeds uh-huh. are not high enough. <laughs> you know, and just really plucking the uh, the best of the best. But I mean, you know, I mean, they're they're usually powerful enough. I. I I think that's more of a marketing thing to be like, don't worry, you've got the best chip uh, in here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, you know... And, and I, I, part ahead. of that change was the move towards Qualcomm then doing these plus processors, the, the 865 Plus, the 855 Plus before, where it was doing a six months on kind of overclocked version of its chip. It was always pushed a bit as for gaming, and that was, you know, the 855 Plus debuted in the ROG Phone 2 last year. But like we said, that's in the Z Flip 5G that also got announced this week, and that is by no stretch a gaming phone. So you can't really argue that that overclock processor is is what sets them apart. Yeah, I mean, I and I think the the last thing uh, <laughs> that that usually sets the gaming phones apart for the most part is RGB lighting, because you know mm-hmm. once you activate RGB, your frame rates go through the roof. <laughs> uh, it just makes you a better gamer. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say honestly, I think aesthetic is is the big part of it now i think that's a there are other things i think but i think the main thing that makes a gaming phone a gaming phone now is that they all look like gaming phones they have rgb lighting they'll probably have really like kind of jagged angular finishes to the aesthetic not in terms of how they feel in the hand obviously they're not sharp but they'll have sort of like corner cut finishes on the back and lines intersecting at weird places x's in the middle of them and yeah it's it's hard yeah. to see on this one but it actually has this uh i have an unboxing going live uh or that has already gone live as, as you watch this but you know it, it's got these 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 nice little you know 
accent lines through the back that kind of are holographic almost to a certain uh, degree. So, you know, it's, I, I would say it's actually pretty tampered down compared to the original ROG phone. Uh, I thought the ROG phone, the original one, because I, I never actually used the second one. Uh, I thought the original one went a little too far, especially in like the, the fingerprint uh, placement. They, they tried to make yeah. that same cutout and it was just in a weird place and it was thin. Like that. I, I hated that. Yeah, I didn't like that. And then the, the UI skin was just aggressive. But then the second one, they allowed you to, to you know swap it out for Zen UI, uh, which I think was a good change. But that's 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 actually why I preferred the Razer phone. And then the Razer Phone 2, a little bit to a lesser degree, was the Razer Phone still felt gamery. It had the the hard edges. It had the you know the the, the metal body, uh, and it still had the the RGB logo in the back. But it still felt like, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it still felt like a, a big black brick. You know, like it, it's it's still a, a, a phone uh, at the yeah. end of the day. Where where these you know really. The, the ROG phone and, and like the Black Shark and stuff usually try to scream something. And uh, even even the Lenovo Legion phone dual, uh, the design <laughs> on the back is very, you know. Uh, oh, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's really a lot. I, I, I have one <laughs> on the way because um, I, I, I do want to try it out, even though it is not coming to the U.S. Uh, I will mm. say that up front that this is the Lenovo Legion phone dual is really focused for the Chinese market. Uh, but the ROG phone is kind of the last bastion of major gaming phones in the U S at least because the black shark doesn't come out here, uh, or, or, Mm. you know, in an official capacity. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird sub market. Uh, Yeah. Again, it's a space where we do still get them in, in the UK and in Europe. So we've still got, we get the black shots. Um, we get Nubia's Red Magic. Um, That's the other one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Asus. I don't know. They've said that the Legion will come to some European markets, but I, I don't know how widespread that is. So I'm not sure if we are expecting it in Western Europe and, and the UK or not. But yeah, we have a little bit of a gaming phone market in the UK, but I it's definitely not. It doesn't feel dominant. It still feels like a niche interest. Well, and I I think there, there's two there's two things they're trying to sell. They're trying to sell to gamers who want that gaming aesthetic in all of their electronic devices, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you identify as a gamer, you want a gaming phone because then when you whip it out, you say, "Oh, wow, I'm a I'm obviously a gamer." <laughs> uh, or you know, the the other thing that they really try to to push is you know the performance is so good that if you're in the middle of your esports, you know. Uh, a tournament with with all your friends around you know like you guys are having the best experience i mean the the rog phone since the beginning has always had a, a lighting profile that lets you sync up with other rgb uh rog phones <laughs> in your area i mean i've never had a chance to do that uh but that does sound like a thing like uh man <laughs> this is going just a little too far uh but hey you know i'm i'm sure somebody somewhere out there has tried that uh <laughs> but i i mean i i would say Kind of the the last the last little thing to point out is that they both really focus on the horizontal experience, which you know most mainstream handsets are obviously a vertical experience, but a lot of the gaming happens horizontally uh, to the point where you know the ROG phone has the the uh, USB C at the bottom, uh, obviously for the for the cooling adapter. Uh, but you know, if, if, if you're charging, uh, or you want to use the adapter and have a, 
uh, a headphone jack, it comes out of the bottom rather than poking you in the hand, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is smart. Same thing for the Lenovo Legion. Uh, and they even take it a, a step further and, and put the camera module on the side so that it, it pops out of the top, uh, you know, in yep. case you want to stream yourself, uh, you know, playing horizontally. So I actually do think that is kind of a cool feature. I don't know how many people are streaming from their phone, but I'm sure there are a ton of people out there doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that space of things I would never use a phone for, but I don't want to sound like no one will because I'm confident there are tens hundreds of thousands of people out there who are gonna who are doing that or if they're not now they will be and you know that's going to be a big a, a big concern is people doing that kind of streaming while they're playing on their phone uh and, and you know and part of what lenovo's pitch is i think that you can uh, they bake the software in as well so it will automatically if you're gaming and then you open the selfie camera it will automatically start recording the camera stream as an overlay that can then be plugged straight into a streaming software and stuff like that so that's definitely the pitch. I think for that, like that's why I think the Legion's more interesting to me. They've gone, they've gone further than Asus have in terms of that horizontal push, and they're really marketing the phone as a phone to use in landscape mode. They say, I mean, neither of us have used it yet, so we don't know, but they say they've rebuilt the software to um, be better optimized for landscape usage because Android doesn't really work great in landscape for the most part. It's designed to, you know flit into landscape when you watch a video and then get out of it as quickly as you can so they say they've built the legion os around landscape mode and it will work very well in that and even i know you mentioned they moved the selfie camera to this pop-up in the center of the phone but even the rear camera they've moved into the middle of the body so that when you're holding the phone landscape the camera lenses will sit between your fingers so that your your hands aren't blocking it if you want to take a photo or, or stream sort of the view from that direction or something like that i don't know they're thinking about it, and I'm I'm impressed by that. Isn't the the battery sort of split into twos? It's just either side or something, so that yeah. you're not holding like the hot hot parts of the phone and so and yeah, they like sp- they split it into two separate battery cells. So it's actually got two two and a half thousand milliamp hour batteries, and yeah, they say they've repositioned them so that I think it's a so that they're not going to be in uncomfortable places to hold, and b I think it lets them move the batteries away from the hottest bits of the chipboard or something like that um i mean you never know how much it's just the practicalities of it they also use that to enable 90 watt fast charging which is very impressive i saw that i was like wow you you're gonna plug two USB-C. exactly but that's the downside you've got to plug both cables in to get that speed so it's a bit of a weird solution but i mean it says that it will charge from zero to 50 percent in 10 minutes uh, yep. which I mean, that's, yeah, that thing's got to heat up. I, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> we're getting crazy with it, with charging now. That's, that's just wild. But then speaking of heating, I'd say that's actually the last thing I think of, you know, the second last thing I think of is a, a gaming phone thing and whether it matters that much or not, I'm not sure, but cooling solutions like liquid cooling, the fan you showed off on the back of the, the rog phone, you know, they're all shipping with either attachments or internal liquid and vapor chamber cooling stuff that they say is, I, I honestly feel like they're maybe just playing to what gamers want to hear when they think about desktop PCs and like gaming laptops and the cooling solutions there. And they're just trying to market around, yeah, we're doing that same stuff in your phone. Well, I mean, to, theoretically, yes, it does help. I, I remember Jerry Rig Everything, great YouTube channel. You should check it out. He did a teardown, you know, a lot of, uh, he does 
teardowns of most of the major phones that come out and then the gaming phone specifically you know he he actually cuts into the the vapor chambers and you know kind of sees how everything's uh, routed and and yes you, they are definitely they're thinking a lot more about the internals and how to whisk heat away um mm. do, do, does that mean that's gonna you know like for me it's more like you know if you're getting like like if you're getting a, like 5% uh, increase on CPU performance because you're able to whisk that heat away for mobile gaming, I just, you know, like how much does that actually improve it? You know, like, yeah, so yes, it's doing something, but like how much is it improving? it? I, I mean, I think a lot of it is like how long, like if you're in a longer gaming session, you want the heat to continue to get away because then, you know, it'll throttle after time. But yeah, I mean, I've never, me personally, I mean, I do a lot of gaming on my phone and I have never felt the effects of it, you know, like like throttling performance. It, I mean, the phone will get hot, yeah, for sure, but I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. It's, it's very tightly uh, compact, you know, uh, pieces of electronics that are getting really hot for a long time. So, you know, <laughs> I, I am actually curious to see if, if, splitting the battery in two does you know uh help with any of that heat dissipation um i suppose the problem is you can't do a side-by-side test of it with and without those things so uh, i suppose if they're working and doing their job and stopping the phone getting too hot and throttling and crashing then it's doing its job but you can't yeah, no. I mean, the only thing <laughs> with, people can with, test you is... You can't test it without that. Yeah, the only thing people can test is the... Uh, what do they, they call it? Uh, man, yeah, I with or without the, the, the arrow. The Aero Active Cooler 3. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, this this thing has been debunked left and right. I mean, especially... <laughs> I, I don't know how it was in the second phone because I haven't... I, haven't, um, I never uh, ended up trying that. But when it's attached, at least on the first phone, it made somewhat direct contact to the back of the phone on this one there is enough i don't know if you can see it. you can see it in the unboxing a lot yeah. better but i mean there's a huge gap because they want to allow for space for the the uh the actual case you know mm-hmm. so it's just like wait are you trying to say that this little f- fan in here is gonna blow <laughs> cooler air when you have a case on here and you're that <laughs> far away from the back like come on no yeah. way i mean the the one thing it does uh, afford you which just boggles my mind that these gaming phones like are taking headphone jacks away because that's uh it just i mean if you're going to have it somewhere have it in a damn gaming phone but at yeah. least there's still a headphone jack on the the aero active cooler so you still get it there i think that's the one reason why you would attach this is to get a headphone jack that's a very bulky way to get a headphone jack on your right, phone yeah <laughs> i mean you know uh, yeah so, and, and I, I will point out, you know, there's a ton of accessories. They actually didn't send uh, any of the accessories to me for the for the ROG Phone 3, but they did send a couple cases. And this case in particular is interesting. I Once again, I don't know if maybe this came out on the second one or not, but it has this little uh, LED light uh, that's positioned right below the flash that when mm-hmm. you attach this uh, case to the phone, it shines into this little hole right here and lights up the uh, the back uh, so it has, uh, is it lighting up or not? Uh, uh, that's how it's doing it. Yeah, th- that, that's new. There wasn't one of those for the for the two. Okay, yeah. So I they... assumed it was just doing it from the main logo. 
No, no, yeah. it's it's actually shining. You can kind of see That's it a clever. little bit from the camera <clears throat> module. Like it's it's shining into it, and then just you know blasting it across the back, and then so, some of these dots are perforated, uh, and some of them aren't. So like I was like, you know what? That's you know, if yeah. if you're gonna go gaming, just go whole hog. I mean, why why not just you know carry every piece of flair? You know, if you <laughs> put it on and just be 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 done, just be like, yeah. Oh, what's your phone? Yeah. Mine's an ROG phone. Uh, you're you're definitely gonna make. I mean, a statement. These, the, these these both have like the the triggers on the on the top, right? I mean, to the top when you're holding a landscape, and they still, you know, the Asus still has a a pretty decent range of accessories you can clip it in, other other than the stuff that comes with it. Right? So that's so what the, I was gonna say is the other yeah, like gaming. This is why. Yeah, this is one what of makes the last gaming phones. Yeah. So they shoulder triggers and accessories. You spoke about the accessories. I know Asus have sort of, on this one, they've added more ways of interacting with the triggers. You can split them up a bit. Uh, you can make each trigger button into two, I think it said. You can split them. Yeah, mm. and in the software, you can actually slide depending on where you want the delineation to happen. Uh, oh, wow. And then, yeah, what it gives you is two circles on the screen, one of them with a half circle on this side, one of them with a half circle on this side to delineate, like, okay, which yeah. side are you hitting? like and then they added i mean between that and the slide uh and the swipe <laughs> and then like the the long press and now they had also added a shake so it's just like right. all all these different like input methods other than just touching the screen that it's it's overcomplicating it a little bit i'm once again i'm sure people out there you know there's a specific segment out there that's just going to use every single feature under the sun but you know for me oh yeah I, yeah, I actually, I mean, I did use the the triggers uh, a lot, especially in in a shooting game. I mean, being able to aim down the sights and pull the trigger on on those air triggers were it it is really nice. I like it. I yeah, it, and the the Lenovo Legion Phone Dual has the same kind of thing, even though we haven't seen like <laughs> to what extent they've implemented it. Yeah, they they call them ultrasonic shoulder buttons. I don't know what the ultrasonic element is. <laughs> The vibration <laughs> feedback, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the buzzword they chose. It's just a cool of, word. <laughs> exactly. It's just a of cool all the word, cool yeah. tech words they had on a blackboard, they ended up with ultrasonic. And and yeah, both both of these phones uh, feature 144 hertz uh, refresh rate mm -hmm. screens, which, to my knowledge, that's the highest. Most of them top out at, at 120, right? Yeah. So that's the highest around. They're not the first ones to do it, though. The Nubia Red Magic 5G, I think, um, came out in March or something like March, and that's 144 hertz. Um, but I think that's the only one so far, or at least haven't been many. So, the, you know, this is still relatively new, and yeah, you can't get more than 144 right now. Yeah, you know, and even on the desktop side of, of PC gaming, you know, like we, we saw, I don't know, if I, th I think you saw it at uh, Asus' booth, uh, the 300 hertz yeah. refresh rate panel. I mean, you know... You you can go higher, and I'm sure they will, will try eventually. to keep going it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> for me, it's more like the most of these games don't support it. So sure, yeah. your phone can be running at 144 hertz, but if the game doesn't enable that, you're stuck at 30, 60. There are some yeah. games out there that that go to 120. They, uh, you know, specifically in their software, the Armory Crate, uh, they call out some games that, that support the higher refresh rates like PUBG. But then when I loaded up PUBG on this phone, it capped out at 60. Like I, I couldn't push it any higher. 
right. which I know it goes higher. I've done that PUBG specifically on other phones at higher refresh rates, but for some reason, you know, like if, if there's that missed connection and it's not reading it right, then what's the point of the high, you know? Uh, yeah, but if, this is similar to what I was going to say earlier when we were talking about um, heating and performance questions and stuff like that. I feel like with gaming phones right now, the hardware isn't the bottleneck like the software is it, it's it's we're not at a point you know if you look at pc gaming or something yeah you can find a game that even a incredibly expensive gaming pc might struggle to run at ultra settings but that isn't we're not really in that space in terms of mobile gaming they're they're being software developers are very understandably there's a very predictable set of hardware people might have in their phones so they build games that go to those limits and there's no point building a game that goes beyond that because a phone won't hit that which means we're not really at a point where upping the phone hardware will suddenly give you massive performance benefits because most of the games out there won't take advantage and yeah especially refresh rate i think even going up to 90 or 120 there's not that many games that support that let alone 144 and let's be honest until the iphone pushes past 60 yeah the android space isn't isn't going to necessarily be like the cutting edge of that i mean there are games out out there that do support it but yeah i mean the turning point will be when iphones finally get to higher refresh rate screens uh and then i think we'll start to see a lot more games you know just having that as as options as a default um but yeah i mean it hey the difference between 120 and 144 I I can't see it uh, too much. Uh, <laughs> I struggle between ninety and one twenty. To be honest, I feel like I can just about tell the difference, but not enough to really care about. You know, going down to ninety hertz on the OnePlus Nord, I didn't feel like uh, downgrading to ninety. It's still ninety still looks great. Um, I mean, higher refresh rate is definitely the way to go. But yeah, you know, depending on your flavor, uh, that's yeah, that's a whole different thing. I. I it is definitely, I'm really glad that higher refresh rate screens are becoming a thing in most mm. phones. And if that's because the gaming phones led the way, then great. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy I, about that. I, I definitely think the jump to 90 is, is one of the biggest improvements you can make in a phone right now. If you're coming from a phone from a couple of years ago that's 60 hertz, going up to a 90 hertz one, you will notice and love that. Um, but yeah, for anything other than gaming, and again, gaming with a soft with a game that supports it i don't think 144 hertz is gonna make any difference to the average user yeah uh the the last thing i'll say uh about the hardware i mean the 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 specs you know you can read online uh there's there's plenty of uh, spec sheets like that yeah i mean it's (laughs) yeah you know it's it's awesome version but the I would say the the one shining thing that i've especially noticed apart from the high refresh rate is the screen in general i mean it's it's a big beautiful screen it's a 6.59 inches with a 19.5 by 9 aspect ratio so 2340 by 1080 which is a 391 uh, pixels per inch Um, it's the 144 hertz is at one millisecond uh, but the it's an amoled panel which is just absolutely beautiful with hdr 10 plus certification Mm -hmm. i've yet to load up any hdr content on here but i i'm excited to do that uh, and then, yeah, it's 650 nits of brightness, uh, 113% DCI-P3 uh, color gamut, which, I mean, for me, that, that just <laughs> that makes my heart happy. And a Delta E average of less than 1%. I mean, this yeah, this is a really nice screen. Like, 
they they tout it as like you know color accurate for games but i mean i would say for a photographer as a video editor you know it's actually a shame that the cameras aren't like anything to write home about because like being able to to see a content creation stuff on this screen is is probably a an angle that uh they probably don't think about too much, you know? So I, I actually wonder in the future, like, could that be a future segment of, of, uh, you know, like a, a, a content creator branded phone. Right. I mean, LG well, has exactly kind of got there. Sony. Laptops, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you look in the laptop space, there is this whole sec subsection now of content creator products that other than the Apple stuff was basically led by the gaming brands because they were already making hardware with these absurd specs in. So they just said, cool, we'll, we'll just take off the RGB lighting, like make it white instead of black or red and, you know, pitch it to content creators and up the display quality, essentially. And it, it, that's what people need. Yeah. And I've, I've actually thought about doing a video about that of like, hey, you know, gaming phones could make the best content creation phones yeah. if, if, you know, things like the camera uh, were to catch up. Because I, I could easily see a little niche where it's just like, hey, you want the best camera thing? I mean, kind of like uh, the the phone you were talking about last week with the gimbal. Uh, I'm, I'm the Vivo X50 Pro. You know, like that. I, yeah. That makes me excited. I love that kind of stuff. But they're not they're not following through on it and like you know saying, hey, you know, you're going to take an amazing video and then maybe you're going to cut it on the phone and render it out. Maybe that's yeah. somewhere where an 865 plus, you know can use the, that extra horsepower uh so you know it's it's interesting i could see that coming down coming down the pike <laughs> for sure i mean you know if you watch any phone launch they always make a big push of oh we've got so-and-so photographer who's going to talk about the photos they they took with this phone or the video they shot they're obviously trying to appeal to the idea that people like the idea that content creators are using these phones to do this stuff with um, and it is just a matter of time before they start actually making the phones and marketing them to those people rather than just using them as, as advertising material. Yeah, we're, we're really going off the rails here, but it, it makes me think of the uh, uh, when Annie, Annie Leibovitz uh, came yeah. up on the, what was it, the Pixel 3 or the Pixel 4? The Pixel 3, I think. 3, it was the I think. Oh, okay, it, yeah. Uh, one, okay. I, I one can't of the remember. Pixels, yeah. You know, she's like, hey, I shot the newest cover of Vogue on a, on a Pixel phone. Uh, yeah. And then when we actually got the Pixel phones in, I was like, yeah, but she didn't edit on the screen. I yeah. hate <laughs> Pixel screens. Uh, they are definitely not very accurate. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think some of that needs to catch up. Anyway, uh, but I mean, these are aimed at two, these two phones are, are aimed at, at different markets. The ROG phone, very high end. I mean, you're talking, you know, plus a thousand dollars uh for for the highest end skew uh but the yeah. the rog or i'm sorry the, the Lenovo legion phone dual uh is lower end uh and yeah so the, it's it's interesting i like because most of the 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 other gaming ones are, are mostly in the the mid-range as well right pretty much asus has been for the past year or so at least since Razer dropped out basically Asus has been the only brand really pushing that flagship price gaming phone. Um, I think Lenovo are hedging their bets with the Legion. We've only got Chinese pricing right now, and, and but it basically ranges from the equivalent of $500 up to $850. And Chinese prices are always a bit cheaper. So when it actually launches in, in Europe or somewhere, it'll probably be going up to €1,000. But they've hedged their bets by letting having a bigger range of RAM and storage options so that they can offer one that's at a mid-range price, but also offer one that's at a flagship price. But yeah, that, that, that's the only way they're sort of 
stepping into that space that Asus mostly has to itself, which is with a thousand dollar gaming phone. Um, if you want to get, you know, the top gaming phone, the highest spec, the high best screen, the whatever, they're the only game in town. How many people actually want to spend that money? That money? <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. God. Uh, but yeah, I would yeah. say. I mean, it, there's there's phones out there that are way more expensive than that. So oh, totally. Uh, yeah, you can <laughs> spend I, more than that. Especially, you know, you, you're like, well, do I want you know first generation of of a folding phone, or would I rather just go super high end? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like we said, the Z the Z Flip Five G launched as well this week. So uh, of of the three. Snapdragon and A65 Plus phones, the, the ROG phone is already not the most expensive one. You can spend several hundred dollars more to get it, uh, the foldable. Is Razer even working on a, a new one, or are they done with phones? A Razer 2, you mean? I think there's been some rumors, not a lot. I mean, uh, the the mobile division was actually based out of here in, in San Francisco. They've since uh moved but I, I remember you know when i when i went for for other briefings i'd be like hey razor phone 3 you know and they're like mm. we're really dedicated to the mobile gaming market which they are i mean the kishi you know like they they're releasing uh, uh the, the opus you know they're, they're they are yeah. releasing a lot of things in in the space of gaming on the mobile side but yeah the phone part of it i o- always got the sense that that maybe they just didn't hit numbers uh, that they mm. that they needed to to continue going, which really bums me out. Because, like I said, I mean that the Razer phone was always my favorite. Uh, I I just yeah. I dig that aesthetic, and it it does bum me out that even though I mean it's I I believe it's still being sold. I mean you're talking about something that that's still on on Android eight, I believe. Yeah, I mean it's it's a couple years old now. I always thought it's a it, because it was like a shame you said, the. Um, it was the one that was the nice balance between like Larry gaming and still <laughs> feels still feels like a sort of normal phone and then yep. they even had stuff that shows like the the project linda which was this laptop where the the there was no trackpad there was just a hole for the phone to slide in and and the phone powered the laptop and was came became the trackpad but obviously we never saw that actually launch so it was a shame yeah it, i've always thought it a, a bit sad that they kind of invented this market segment the gaming phone didn't really exist before the razor phone i can't remember if there was one before that i think it was definitely the first that popularized the concept of a gaming phone and then they kind of ducked out of it just as it took off and just as a load of other brands entered the space and it became a real thing that people are throwing their weight behind i mean let's you know didn't really mention but the lenovo legion is lenovo's first gaming phone this is them entering that space um you know so it's big enough that Brands are still wading into gaming phones and, and seeing it as new territory they should move into. Um, but yeah, Razer just, I don't know, got it all going, but they were there they were there too early. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for uh, for Alienware uh, gaming phone. So yeah, right. That thing, that thing would just be like this thick. <laughs> Exhaust ports on the back and all of it. A, a yeah, socketable yeah. chip, you know, you just upgrade to the, oh, yeah, the 875 <laughs> plus uh, on your own. We, we promise we'll support it 12 months for now. Yeah, God. <laughs> like, really, definitely. <laughs> Trust us there. Uh, okay, I think that'll that'll have to do us for today. So thank you, Chris, and thank you, Adam, for joining me. And uh, thank you to everyone who's who's sat through all this. And uh, as always, jump in the comments. Let us know what you think. We have unboxings on the channel right now of the OnePlus Nord 
and of the Asus ROG Phone 3. Uh, as Adam said, there's a Lenovo Legion phone on the way to him, hopefully. So if we're lucky, we'll get an unboxing or some sort of video around that too. I'm not sure. Uh, keep an eye out. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah. Bye, everyone.